Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You know, when someone goes to get married, they ask the, whoever is officiating that ceremony says, do you take such and such? And if you don't reply, they're gonna be all kind of funny lookings at you. And it cannot be brought to pass without a response. So we say we respond to what he offers us because it's not enough that it's offered. It has to be received, has to be received. We're, we're, I'm a good receiver. You're a good receiver. Amen. There's, not, I'm not a, there's nothing broken with my reception. <laughs> Amen. We're good receivers. We thank you for it, Father. We glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify you. We magnify you. We just take whatever time we need to let the Holy Ghost do what... You know, you say, why do you take so long? Well, um, sometimes the Holy Ghost is working with us. He's given us time to come from out here to get on the same page with him. Amen. It doesn't take him long, but he's patient working with us. Just keeps dealing and keeps moving and keeps working with us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, the, if those that have back trouble, if you would bend over, you'd recognize that that difficulty's gone. Just do something. Bend to the side, bend over. You'll recognize that that, that limitation isn't there anymore. That discomfort isn't there anymore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. And it almost feels like, if I could say this, that somebody came and put two narrow pipes on either side of your spine and just hold them, and they're hot. That's the power of God going up and down that spine. Either side of that spine. It's like a rod of God's power moving up and down that. Just respond to that receive that we thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah as I said God God just keeps working with us I remember oh my goodness I don't know several years ago now um, pastor Ruby and I where are you there we have been traveling I mean we were we were crisscrossing going everywhere and uh, I uh, at some point I had gone to the doctor and they said there was something that was off in, 
in, in my numbers. And uh, so, in fact, I was supposed to come here and I called the day I, I could not get out of bed. I was so exhausted. And I called and I asked them to relieve me because I had seen a, I had had a dream right before I woke up and I saw myself getting a blood transfusion. And uh, so I called the pastor and I, they of course graciously relieved me of that appointment because I didn't want to get part way here and not be able to finish the trip. And so I, um, I took a few days off and I remember I was on the back in the backyard and I was just walking around praying and this came up to me can this be changed because when I saw something you know you got to do it the way God says it even if it's not the way you prefer it if he shows you a certain way you need to agree to what he shows you instead of trying to press and get something different but this came up to me can this be changed and I I said I just answered right out loud and I said well I know what God showed me so I'm not going to try to change what he showed me I didn't want you know just because I might not prefer something doesn't mean that that's how he's leading so um the Ramoses were having a meeting and Pastor uh, Morgan said to me, she said, called and it was a Sunday night and says, do you wanna go? And I said, well, I'm, I'm so exhausted, but I said, I can be exhausted sitting in chairs, I can't at home. And I, so I went to the meeting, I said, I can just sit there and be tired. At least I'm in the right place. And I was ministered to by a guest minister that they had. And they came, he came over and laid his hand on me and spoke exactly to my situation by the word of knowledge. And I'm thinking, well, I know what I saw. I'm not trying to reject the ministry, but I'm not trying to override what I saw either. And so after they ministered to me, I again heard, can this be changed? And it dawned on me. He's letting me know. He's not, he's letting me, this can be changed. He was letting me know if you keep going the way you were, this is what's gonna happen, but it can be changed. Quit deciding something can't be changed just because you're acquainted with someone else's situation or because you're acquainted with uh, the, the, the pattern of maybe a sickness or disease takes. Don't decide it has to go that way. And it dawned on me because the minister laid hands on me, but then again, the Holy Ghost said, it, I recognize it, God is offering me change. He's not offering me only what I saw, He's offering a change to what I saw. And it dawned on me, I said, oh yes, it can be changed. So I received that power, and the moment I said that, I felt everything just shift. I just felt it shift. And going back several months later to the doctor, they said, numbers are perfect. I said, sure they are. But if we're not careful, we, we, God offers us change. 
the change begins here. <laughs> Amen. And that's why the Holy Ghost keeps working with us in a service. He's offering us something different than what we came in with. He's offering us change. Amen. Praise the Lord. We take the change. We are changed from glory to glory. Amen. Sometimes it's a change in what you've decided that needs to happen. Sometimes it's a change in how you've been conducting something. Sometimes it's a change in how you've been thinking about something. Sometimes it's a change in how you've been responding to another person. But change has to happen for something else to change. So I say that by the Holy Ghost. He's offering you change tonight. There are some that need to take them up on that. People want finances to change, then you have to agree to something. Amen. Well, I don't know what all that means, but there you go. Take it. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We glorify you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Mindsets need to change. Habits need to change. Instead of struggling with a habit, say, I'm done with that habit. See, change, change, change. Something needs to change because people are believing God for things to happen, but they're wanting it without the necessary change. And God offers us change so we can receive what's been provided. Amen. People want many times to receive without taking those steps that need to happen. And the reason God offers us change because He knows even if His power deals with our situation but we don't change, we're going to be right back in the same situation. That's why He offers change so that the door is closed to what opened, what gave the enemy access before. Hallelujah. I'm open for change every day. Every day I want something changing in the way I think, in the way I respond, in the way I believe in the way I speak and the way I act something changing hallelujah we thank you father we glorify you we glorify you we glorify you we glorify you hallelujah just lift up your voice help me a little bit right now help us help me a little bit We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. There's three people in here that, uh, if you change the way you're handling your spouse, those problems that you've been keep you keep hitting a wall, those things will be dealt with if you'll change that. And then there's someone else, just how you're handling a family member. Change that. Change that. You say, well, you got to give me time. No, no, no. This is your time. I remember, uh, I've told this story on different occasions, but 
I'm the youngest of four children. And um, my brothers were 10 years older, nine years older than my sister, three years older. And so um, I couldn't whip them physically. So I picked up another tool called my mouth. And I became very sharp with my mouth. I could bury you real quick. And I remember my, my, my brother, I was probably about eight, eight years old one time. And my brothers, one of my brothers said, mother, her mouth is just, I mean, I could use my wit and just get the last word. And thankfully my mother was a little bit on my side. I don't know if it helped me, but it was, she was a little bit on my side and she said, well, y'all pick on her so much and she can't physically whip you. So she just uses the only thing she's got left is her mouth. And uh, in our family, wit was rewarded. It was a rare, it was a commodity that was so highly valued. And you know, we just had lots, lots of activity in our house, lots of talking, lots of fun. But my dad was so quick-witted. He was, he was such a funny man. And mother, two days later, she got it. <laughs> two days later. And she'd get so mad because she could never keep up with daddy verbally. So all she ended up doing was sticking her tongue out at him. That's the only thing she could come back at. <laughs> Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. And um, so Ed, Ed used to say to me when we got married, he'd say, you got the mind of a lawyer. At first I was complimented, then I thought, wait a minute. because I knew how to win verbally. I practiced my whole life. Practiced. <laughs> and uh, I remember I had a dream one morning and uh, God showed me myself in a coffin dying prematurely. Now this was probably, oh my goodness, around 30 years ago. And this wasn't the only thing, but there were several things he's talked to me about. He wasn't sentencing me to die early. He was saying, if you keep going the way you're, going to, you're going, this is where it's going to end you up. It's like when the prophet came to the king and said, set your house in order for you shall surely die. And uh, it looked like he didn't obey what the prophet said because he didn't set his house in order. He set this house in order. And he turned toward the wall and talked to God and got it straight. And before the prophet even left his courtyard, God said, go back and tell him I'm giving him 15 more years. See, it only takes a moment, just a moment to make a turn, a moment to make a turn. So one of the things God talked to me about when I woke up from that dream is he brought up this thing of your wit. I go, I was stunned. I thought, surely there's extra stars in your crown for that. It was the least I could do for people. <laughs> it was just the least I could do. 
And I mean, I wasn't mean, I just knew how to finish off the conversation. And I was stunned. He said, quit using that in your marriage. I go, what? And I, this is what I said to God. I said, God, I had no idea that was wrong. I, seriously, I had no idea. We weren't combative. We, I didn't, you know, I wasn't manipulative. And I just knew how to finish off the conversation on the up note, you know. And I said, I, I didn't know that. Seriously, I did. I said, you stunned me. I don't know that's wrong. And I said, I've been so good at it. You don't know how many times I bite my tongue. You have no idea what goes on up here that doesn't get out. And so I, I said, uh, you're going to have to give me time to change that because I don't even know if I'd recognize when I do it. And when I said that, he says, I don't give you any time to change that. And I was stunned. And I said, you don't give me any time to change it? He said, this is what will change it. If you wouldn't say it to me, don't say it to him. If you wouldn't think it about me, don't think it about him. If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't act that way to me, don't act that way to him. I go, got it. Got it. If you wouldn't think it about Jesus, don't think it about them. If you wouldn't have that conversation about Jesus, don't have it about them. That means you don't have to go home and struggle with this change. It's done. Because some of these changes can be life and death if you don't make these changes quickly. That offense is over with. When you wouldn't, if you wouldn't be offended with Jesus, you got no right being offended with them. You say, well, they're not Jesus. He expects you to equal him, not them. And then you won't have to get, you won't have to come to your pastor and ask him to pray for you as much. And the body starts getting in line. And the mind quits being troubled and harassed and replays and I'm trying to get past this, I'm trying to get past this. You won't have to struggle to get past it when you change you. Change you. Because you're not anointed to change them. You're not authorized. You're not authorized. And if you try to force a change on somebody else, you put yourself in a very dangerous position. You're welcome. These are the things, things have to get right in the way we think, in the way we handle things. God's helping us. I said, he's helping us. He's helping us. You say, well, I don't know what I need to change. Yes, you do. Anytime I've missed God, I've always known where I missed. Always. I didn't have to go off and fast and pray. Have him to spend days in his presence. I always knew. I always knew. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to be right with him. I want to be right with him. I said I want to be right with him.
When I'm right with Him, it's easier to get everything, it's easier for my faith to work for everything else to be right. And if we leave things out of place, that one thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong, and another thing goes wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said, talking about taking communion, he said, for this cause, many are weak, sickly, and many sleep or die prematurely. Why? Not discerning the Lord's body. Twofold application of that. Discerning the price Jesus paid in his own body or discerning also the body of Christ. When you have a riff with somebody else in the body, there's a door open for weakness, sickness. See, it's a progression. First weakness, then sickness, then premature death. Catch it before it reaches that third phase. Well, praise the Lord. See, I thought this a healing crusade. It is. It is. Because once we receive healing, we want to go out and have the door continually closed to the enemy and closed to that situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I'm going to ask David and Tony to say, y'all can be seated. You can be seated. Um, praise the Lord. You know the story, Mark chapter 5. The woman with the issue of blood and she comes. She says, if I can but touch his garment I shall behold did she receive she received she received but Jesus didn't just leave her at the receiving point he took her on to the holding fast place and he said uh, go into peace the amplified says go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. What's he saying? He's letting us, he's letting her know what opened the door to this. She lost her peace. She lost her peace. And if she goes from that place of receiving but keeps doing something wrong, not recognizing where that open door was, then the enemy will steal it from her. So what we want to do is not just find out how to, how to receive, but how to hold fast. Our usefulness to God is measured by our ability to hold fast in the face of all opposition. That's what determines usefulness, how to continue when everything's against you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Not just skill at receiving, but skill at living it. I love something Dad Hagen, when he was a young pastor, early in his, he pastored, I believe, 12 years. And um, he said there were fads that would go around in the body of Christ, just like now. Things come around, what are they, winds of doctrine? He didn't even say winds of bad doctrine. They're just winds meaning there's no foundation under them. 
so they keep blowing through. Let them keep going on. Don't grab onto it. And he said that they had, it was popular for churches to do getting free meetings. So he announced every, I believe, Saturday night or Friday night was a getting free meeting. So they had this extra service added during the week and he would preach and he would have people who were bound to come up and get free. And that one, you know, every, everybody hit the line on that and you'd run, run through the crowd. And so the next thing was getting loose meetings. So after the getting free meetings were over, then they're doing the getting loose meeting. And so the same ones that got free came up now to get loosed. <laughs> and so then he's laid hands on all of them. They've gotten all up in the line, you know. And then after they've all gotten free and loose, then there was one other. I don't know. Do you remember the third one? What? A deliverance. Now, now you, you're not delivered yet till we've laid hands on you. Getting loose, getting free, and getting delivered. My gosh. <laughs> so same ones that came up to get loose and get free now came up to get delivered. And he said, and I noticed that when I'd go visit them, he said, they still all acted the same lived the same, thought the same, although they were now loose, freed, and delivered. (laughs) And God said to him one day, he said, you're expecting a ministry line to do what only my word will do for people. What's that mean? Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit, but don't diminish one to value another. They're both of value and you need them both. Because you can minister to people, but if they don't learn to think right, they're going to fall back into that same place that wrong thinking got them in to begin with. Every person, every Christian who is held captive or in in bondage to something is not in bondage to the devil. They're in bondage to an unrenewed mind. They don't think right. Everyone who is held by something, whether it's an addiction, whether it is a bad habit, whether it's depression, whether it's lack, whether it's sickness, there's all wrong thinking connected to it. Every time the enemy attacks, he always, no matter what arena he's after, whether it's a financial arena, whether it's your marriage, he always launches an attack on the mind too because he's got to get you thinking wrong or you won't, you won't open the door to that attack. Every attack is always joined with an attack on the mind. I so appreciate that's what Pastor... Dennis was preaching on Sunday morning about the mind. And I remember right before I was saved at 18, I was saved at 19, but at 18 there came quite an attack on my mind. At 28, right before I started pastoring, there came an attack. People need to learn the patterns. Patterns of God but the devil will work in patterns. People will say, well, there's a generational curse. No such thing for the Christian is a generational curse. No such thing. Don't buy into that. I got to get delivered from that curse. No, you don't because Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
You say, well, the thing is, you know, I have a great grandfather who died of this, a grandfather who died of this, uncles who died of this. I'm under a generational curse. If you're born again, you're not under a generational curse. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, that may be the reason for the unsaved, but not for the saved. You say, then how come you can see the same things working? Because the devil works in patterns. He works in patterns. God works in patterns. You can read the life of Joseph, and I'm talking about uh, Jesus' stepfather. How an angel would appear and direct him time after time after time around the birth of Jesus. Gave him direction. What was that? That was a divine pattern. The devil doesn't know everything. He's not all-knowing. What he does is he imitates how God moves. God works in patterns, so he works in patterns. And people see these patterns and start thinking wrong and get afraid and they open the door to the devil. What was I saying before that? You usually know. Thank you. Thank you. You're you're going to get something special for that. It's the least we can do. I've got to get that one out of my vocabulary now. 28, 18, 28, before I started pastoring. Know this, that usually around the time people are 30, they start coming to a knowledge of what they're born for. Why? Because Jesus stepped into what he was born for. And there will be this pattern that I've seen it time and time again around the age of 30. So what's the devil going to do? He's going to strike around that same age to try to get people off course. 18, 28, 38, 48. Had those times of testing, seasons of testing. My husband went home to be with the Lord when I was 52. I'm 62 now, just so you don't miss any time trying to wonder. I'm telling you that so my son can't tell you I'm 30 years older than I am. He told the Copelands I'm 30 pounds heavier than I am. Just, yeah, you didn't hear it last night. Well, it was just precious. Our sons. So... Uh, when I was 52, Ed went home to be with the Lord. And I'm thinking of, what do you, I see my two boys over there laughing. No telling what they're saying to each other. I need to mic them up. (laughs) So at 52, I'm thinking there's a countdown to 58. In the back of my mind, I'm on the countdown. Because those were very difficult seasons before. Came up to about 57. And you're thinking of the countdown. And I remember where I was. I was in my bedroom one night and God spoke to me. The power of God came into that room and said, If you think you have to enter a test every 10 years, you will. Why? Because how you think, so are you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's going to happen. And he said, your husband had talked about every 10 years there was a test. He said, you can see through the patterns 
of how the enemies work, there's been a test every 10 years. He said, just because it comes does not mean you have to right. enter it. He Amen. said, you have to develop skill to not enter it. That's and he good. said, you have the skill yes. to not enter Amen. it. But because there were people that were more, if I could say this, developed in me spiritually that struggled in certain ways, I thought I had to. And God said to me, you have, the, you have the skill to not enter it. And that as soon as he said that, within moments that attack came. And I go, too late. I already know. I already know. Just because it comes, I do not have to enter it. Just because older age comes doesn't mean you have to Come enter the problems That's that those right. who don't know what you know enter. Amen. You think wrong, you expect wrong. Faith is an expectation. I said faith is an expectation. What are you expecting? The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter not dark, darker and duller Come on. and Amen. weaker Amen. and dimmer. Amen. It gets brighter. That means as you go in life, you don't lose ground. But what do many people do? I'm retiring. I'm cutting back. I don't want as much responsibility. I want, not me. I'm taking more ground. Me and Caleb, we're taking mountains. Why, we're not dumbing it down the further we go. You don't have to. Just have it the way your heart chooses and not what others have demonstrated. Amen. It does not, you don't have to get weaker and duller. And when the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter, everything in the kingdom accelerates. It gets brighter. Amen. But why do things happen? Because people think wrong. They think wrong. You count on, you think about things that have gone wrong in your family. And just by entertaining that, paths they took, things that happened to them, you think you have to go the same way. Change that thinking. It only takes a moment. It only takes a moment to change that. If Jesus didn't have it, I'm not having it. There you go. It was uh, one of the leading pastors in the world. If I were to call his name, you would know it. Lives in a foreign nation. And they have, uh, they don't have as, their, their system of society is not as organized as ours. It's a very broken down system. Roads are bad. And he said, I started re realizing, he said, I started having allergies real bad. And he says, well, you know, it's all the dirt roads and all the dirt flying around. And so he said, I was just saying, well, it's, yeah. you know, it's everything that's in the air. Then he, he asked himself, if Jesus were here, yeah. that's so good. would he be having allergies in this air? That's good. He said, no, he wouldn't. And he said, when I decided, no, he wouldn't, I won't. He said, they stopped like that. Why? Amen. To try to get you to think wrong. The thing of skill is recognizing wrong thinking. Recognizing. It's not just the skill of faith of taking your stand, but it's recognizing wrong thinking. Because 
people have lived with wrong thinking so much it becomes a way of thinking instead of wrong thinking in their estimation. Dad Hagen talked about how when he was on his deathbed as a teenager, he said he would have multiple heart attacks every day. And God had begun dealing with him about stopping the sin of worry. And he would go, he, he would have a, he'd feel a heart attack coming on and he would grab hold of the wooden spindles on his headboard. And he'd held on so much, holding on to not die, that he wore all the varnish off the spindles. That's a lot of holding on. And he had, he had promised God, he says, I, I, I'm not going to worry anymore. And he went, there he was, there was a heart attack coming on. He went to grab hold of that and he recognized that action of holding on as worry. How many would have recognized that that's an action of worry, afraid he's going to die, trying to hold on to life? And he said, it dawned on me that was worry. And I let it go. And he said this to himself, even if I did die, I know where I'll go now because he was born again by this time. And he said, when I quit holding on, he said, all the heart attacks stopped. No more heart attacks. Why? Because something changed in his thinking. Everything that needs help in our life, the greatest help happens here. In your thinking. Amen. So... We go back to what God offered us when we started out. Change. 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 And many times people are trying to get God to do something. And he knows if they don't fix what opened the door to it, it's going to come back and it'll be worse than it was. At the pool of Bethesda, all of those porches full, five porches full of people waiting for the moving of the water. The angel would come, trouble the water, deposit a measure of healing power in that water, enough for one. And no matter what the condition, whoever stepped in first was healed. So Jesus walks into that setting and he walks up to a man who's been paralyzed for 38 years, 38 years in that condition. And he says, wilt thou be made whole? And the man starts talking about, well, I don't have anyone to put me in the water. That's, he didn't answer the question. Jesus didn't ask him about the water. He didn't ask him if he had help. He just said, do you want to be whole? But see, he was rutted in a way of thinking. He only thought that wholeness could come through that disturbed water being the first one in, and I need someone to help me put, help put me in. Well, Jesus did help him, help put him in. He got him in another flow. Not the flow of that pool, but another flow. And said, take up your bed and walk, and he did. Later, Jesus is in the temple, and he finds the man in the temple. Is there any wonder why he was, you can recognize, he must have had an honor and regard for God because as soon as he was raised up, he wasn't down hanging out at his favorite place with his friends. He was, went to church. It matters where you go after you receive. It matters where you go after you receive. It matters where you go. It matters where you find your fellowship after you've received something from God. And Jesus finds him in the temple, sees him there, and he walks up to him and says, go and sin no more lest a worse thing come on you. What's he telling? It's not just about receiving, it's about holding fast to everything you've received. 
What's he saying? You're going to have to change something. You're going to have to change something. Or what you've received is going to be lost. Amen. Thank God we're offered change. We take the change. Well, what do I need to change, Pastor Nancy? What's the Holy Ghost dealing with you about? Have you ever noticed this? He's always dealing with us about something. He's never left me alone and said, you know what, you've arrived. You don't have to work on anything at all. He's always dealing with us about something and that's his goodness. I said, that's his goodness. When he's pointing out something or point pushing on a little something yeah. says right there yeah. what is it that we need to change what you're guarding right. <laughs> yes. 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 my feelings my you know something that if somebody pushes on it and you flare ringy dingy we found a winner <laughs> there it is <laughs> that's his goodness When uh, the Syrophoenician woman with a, a daughter, her mind gone, she came up to Jesus and she's a, woman, a Canaanite. People known for their licentious living in their community. She comes up and uh, she said, my daughter has a devil. She even recognized you know, just because you love them doesn't mean you, you go oblivious. <laughs> Be sober about your own. She was sober. She, my daughter got a devil. <laughs> she was sober about it. But the thing is, she's living with her and has a devil. What's going on in your house? What's going on in your house that your daughter got a devil living with you? And Jesus said, it's not meat or it's not right to take the children's bread, talking about deliverance, healing. It's not right to take it, the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now, if somebody would have heard Jesus saying that, Brother, social media would have erupted. Do you know Jesus, when he said that, he's being good to her? Sometimes what we call good might look a little different than what God calls good. What we call good is a free pass. But what God calls good is you don't go back to that place. Yeah. So she said, uh, I love her answer. She said, even the dogs get the crumbs. In other words, she said, I never asked you for something off your children's table. But what they're careless with, what they let drop to the floor, what they unclaim, what they leave unclaimed, give me the crumbs. Give me what they didn't pay attention to. Don't take it from your children. But what they were careless with, let me have it. He was being good to her. When he points out something to us to change, don't get hard-hearted. Don't get hard-hearted. Just say, thank you, you're being good to me. Because if you leave me like I am, I stay like I am. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you need to go get that straight with that person. Well, they're the problem. <laughs> but we pursue peace. Amen. Praise the Lord. How much problems would we have with someone if we took ourselves out of the equation? Ooh. Ouch, that one hurt, right? Praise the Lord. Just get back to calling out healings. Just... <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And like I said, there's never a time in your life that the Holy Ghost will not be dealing with you about something. There's never a time. Why? Because he's working to bring us into the fullness of the stature of Christ, meaning Jesus is our measuring stick. And he's not bringing us into a place to where we equal the other fellow, but we equal all Jesus made us to be. That's, that's where, that's how he's working on us. So just as long as, listen, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So we see this correction is a flow of love. And if we reject that flow of love, we reject our help. But our healing is in correction. Our provision is in correction. Our peace is in correction when we take it and embrace it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. So I say this, you know what he's dealing with us, with you about. You know what he's dealing with you about. You're not oblivious. I'm not oblivious. I've got lists on myself, not on you, on myself. I've got lists. Why? Because am I slow? No, I'm keeping myself mindful. Mindful. It's my responsibility by his grace and his ability to deal with this. Amen. Why? Because my health is connected to it. My well-being is connected to it. My, my, my finances are connected to it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We glorify you. Just lift up your voice and worship him. We thank you. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you. Ah. Yes, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, something about a woman's female organs and something with the female organs, something is turned, flipped the wrong way. And God said to me, you make the changes he's dealing with you about and that change will change that. Amen. That change will change that. Amen. Brother Hagen. Right now I'm editing. Tony, how many episodes did we do on, on love and healing? Do you remember? 
I'm at 29 now, but I think we did 40. 40 episodes on healing and walking in love. Brother Hagen said this. He said, uh, when symptoms try to attach themselves to me, the first place I check is my love walk. He said, I count more on my love walk to keep me healthy than on my confessions of faith. He's not belittling or diminishing confessions of faith. But know this. God's realm is a love realm. It's a love kingdom. It's a love domain. The law of his kingdom is love. That's the law. That's the flow of his kingdom. That's how it operates, the law of love. Everything, if we were to say this about your home, let's say you live in a home, even if you live in an apartment, imagine with me you have a home. Uh-huh. Right. On, you have a yard. You have, let's say, an acre plot that your home is on that. You're in authority over that property. And everything that belongs to you is connected to that property. You can stand at the far edge of your property and your authority will work. You can stand in the kitchen and your authority will work. Why? Because you're on your property. God's property is love property. As long as you're standing on love, on love's territory, as long as you're standing on love's property, your authority will work. And what's on love's territory, everything love purchased. Health, peace, supply, purpose, everything that comes from God was purchased by Jesus and it's on love's property. The household of faith, fully furnished. As long as we're on love's property, our faith works. Why? Because our authority works on our property. Now, you go over here and you can see the line between your neighbor's property and your property. You can put your foot right up to that line. You're still on your property. Someone steps onto your property. You have total right to deal with them because they're trespassing. You have total right to deal with everything on your property. You take one step over off of your property and all rights are null and void. On love's property, all your rights work. They're activated. One step off love's property, you don't have to be way in the center of sin's territory. Just one step. Just one step. And then you can throw all the faith confessions you want while you're standing off of love's property and confess and have pages of scriptures you confess, healing scriptures, prosperity scriptures, and they don't work on that property that sins property. Why? They only work on love's property. That's why Brother Hagen said, I count more on my love walk to keep me healthy than on my confessions of faith. Because if you're standing on sin's property, confessing faith, 
confessing healing, confessing prosperity. No wonder you're tired out. No wonder you're wore out. You got no authority there. The blessings of God are not for that property. What's correction? Stepping back over onto love's property. And while you're standing on love's property, if something tries to trespass, you're authorized to say, get off. I resist you in Jesus' name. On love's property, you get to resist. Step onto sin's property one step over, and now it's not you resisting, it's you assisting that opposition to work. We don't want to assist. We want to resist right here. So it would be a misnomer for us to say, come as you are and receive. Absolutely come as you are, but change. Yeah, come one way and leave another. Amen. Meaning this, we can't be any way we want and live healed. We just can't. We can't act any old way we want and have peace up here. We can't carry any old thought and any old conversation and think that life gets better. Amen. God's property, it's love property. It's love. It's love. Everything can be easily and freely received on love's property. But over here, on sin's property, everything's a struggle. Everything is a struggle. Everything is a difficulty. Everything is torment. Everything is unsettled. Everything is turmoil. Praise the Lord. Just one step. One change. One change steps us over. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you something about spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity gets as far from that line as it can. The more you know God, the more you say, Mm-mm. So when you hear people make statements like, I can drink and I can do a little bit and not get drunk because I'm, I know how to handle it. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> because carnality does, listen, my parents used to do this. My mother, everybody come here, y'all getting a whipping. Why? General principle. That was their answer. General principle. Nobody stepped over the line. You're just stomping all over it, though. You're just muddying the line. Everybody, get back off the line. She would spank us, not because we did something wrong, but because we were living on the line. It was was like, if, if if this is your brother or sister... We're going, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. You're playing. You're playing. And we know you're playing. So mother met your playing and she entered into the play. And she's beating us off the line. We hadn't stepped over it. We just were too close. Immaturity and carnality lives on the line. Spiritual maturity gets, oh, baby, I'm not getting anywhere near that line just in case there's a big old windy gust. (laughs) 
Get off the line. Off the line. Why? Because one step over the line means the difference between pain or healing. Disease, health. Depression, peace. One change. One step. One moment of sincerity. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I learned this in that last season of test I went through. Will test come? Yeah, but not the, it won't happen the same way in the sense of there's a skill now with the Word. Once you employ those, those spiritual laws, they work every time. I'm not naturally a worrier. I'm, I'm never, as a kid, I wasn't a worrier. I just wasn't a worrier. I wasn't pessimistic. You know, some people just have a bend toward pessimism. They tend to worry. They see everything on that negative side. Just naturally, my temperament wasn't that. I just, my, my thing was, I don't give a rip. I don't care. I didn't care if my teacher liked me or not. I didn't care who liked me or not. The bad thing was that I didn't care whether mother and daddy were pleased or not. <laughs> and, um, and so there were times when I'd face, just in the day-to-day -day life, course of life, things didn't trouble me because I knew how to, I don't care. I knew how not to think about it. So I was baffled when demons showed up and started pushing on the mind. And God said to me, it's one thing to be skillful just in the day-to-day -day life of resisting, just opposition of daily life, but it's a whole nother thing to be untroubled when a demon is present. He said, that's skill, to be untroubled. And he said, your problem is you're only, you're, you're only peaceful when daily opposition shows up, but when demons show up, you have to be just as untroubled. Yeah. Yeah. And that took skill. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong just because the devil's opposing. It means you have the opportunity to become skillful. And I knew this, if there's one day I'm not peaceful, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. It's not because the devil's pushing. It's not because the devil's opposing. And we don't make much of the devil because he's just not much. Jesus reduced him to nothing. But you do have to become skillful that when opposition shows up and quit thinking it's about getting the devil to leave you alone. It's not about getting the devil to leave you alone. It's about you being untroubled even though he's present. That's victory. It's Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Meaning this. Don't be occupied with the enemy that's present when there's a whole table to partake of. Right in the middle of all opposition, there's complete provision laid out before you. It takes skill to stay at the table of provision instead of giving attention to the enemy and the opposition. And giving attention to what the body feels, the mind feels, the body will feel something. The mind will feel pressure. But we have to be skillful to be completely unimpressed. And if we're not peaceful, we're doing it wrong. We're invited to change the way we think. Well, praise the Lord. Amen.
If I'm having symptoms, I'm doing it wrong. Yes, you're welcome. You know what that sounded like? The dog trainer brought to your house. What is it, the dog whisper? And I thought, never in my life, never in my life am I bringing the dog whisper to my house and for him to tell me that my dog's problem is me. I will not pay somebody come tell me that my dog's bad behavior is me. Every time they never work with the dog, they work with the owner. When the word shows up, it'll never tell you the devil's the problem. Renew your mind. Casting down imaginations. No weapon formed against you. It's always dealing with you. Why? Because you can fix you. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for change. We take it. 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 We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. When Brother Hagin said, he said, I depend more on my love walk to keep me healthy than on my confessions of faith. What's he saying? I keep dealing with myself. Keep dealing with myself. Praise the Lord. Did you know that your healing was as simple as a change? Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you glory and honor and thanks. Just lift up your hands and worship him. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Pastors, thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. You need to have, you need to hunger for them in your congregation. They need to operate, but they'll never take the place of your skill of teaching and preaching the Word. We need all three. Don't train your people. Uh, Pastor Dennis was talking about this Sunday morning. He's completely correct. We, we lay hands on people that come to our church. Absolutely, it's scriptural. But we never tell them it's a substitute for renewing your mind. A ministry line will bless your life, but it's only renewing the mind that transforms your life. A ministry line will never transform you. Romans chapter 12, verse two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Why? How? By the renewing of the mind. Teach the Word for people to grow up. But sometimes people need an immediate rescue. That's what your ministry lines are for. Your ministry lines are temporary help. You understand that? Your ministry lines are temporary help. Your pastor laying hands on you is temporary help. The prayer team praying for you is temporary help. The prayer of agreement is temporary help. It's not a substitute for you renewing your mind with the Word of God. When Dad Hagen was at our, at our church in 2003, the year he went home to be with the Lord, he was with us for a week and he talked about a family member that was diagnosed with cancer. It would have been a death sentence for them. And he prayed. And they were healed. 
Five years later, a different form, totally unrelated, came back on them. And Brother Hagin went to pray for them again, and God said, it's not going to happen this time. He said, because they had five years to feed themselves on the Word. They didn't do it. They could have had any of your books and tapes free of charge, and they didn't even get them. They could have had them for free. They put in no responsibility of their own toward their own well-being. Ministry lines are not to make spiritual cripples out of people. It's to give you temporary help, giving you time to get that word sown in you and get that mind renewed and become more skillful doer. That is the purpose of someone else joining their faith to you. It is not a substitute dismissing you from your own spiritual responsibilities toward the word. And pastors need to be teaching that to the people. When we, that's what Jesus told that man in, in, in the synagogue after he'd been raised up by that pool of Bethesda. Go and sin no more, less the worst thing. He's saying, deal with yourself now. Deal. You've got now that is off of you. Now you're going to have to go make some changes. Amen. And we don't want to teach people that ministry lines, thank God for them. I mean, Jesus ministered to the multitudes. So many miracles, the books, they could not even record them all. The books, though it said the world itself could not contain all that could have been or should have been written. That's a whole heap of rescuing. But who are the ones that held to it? The ones that changed something according to the word. Amen. So never think that once hands are laid on you, it's done. Well, your healing may be received, but now you get the joyous responsibility of not letting something be stole from you. And growing up, growing up, growing up is the safest responsibility. Amen. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Stand with me to your feet. It's been a unique service. Very unique. Very unique. But we don't just want to, we don't want people to think wrong. You don't want people to think wrong. You know, you can know this that during the healing revival and even anyone who has had a healing ministry, most of, the, most of them people would say the majority of people lost their healing. Right. Why? Because most people that were sick just thought their only responsibility was come and get prayer. They didn't know that they had a responsibility tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the day after that and the week after that. They just took what they had and had no more thought toward their responsibility. And we don't want you to think wrong. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping us. You're helping us. You're helping us. You know, I love the story of the woman that came to Dad Hagen's meetings years ago and she intended to get in the healing line. She was there all week in the services, and he made this announcement the first night. He said, be in as many services as you can. And he said, but wait as long as you can to get in the healing line. Take time to hear the word. Take time to hear. 
The word tells us that they came to hear and be healed. Right. Hear and be healed. Hear and yeah. be healed. Meaning this, their healing was attached to what they heard. Yeah. And this one woman came to every service and Brother Hagen taught on love in one service. And she thought, I've been on, on the outs with my, with my brother for over 25 years. They hadn't spoken because of something that had happened in the past. And she thought, I need to get that right. So she went to a pay phone. She called him up. She got that right with him. That night she intended to get in the heating line. She went back to her hotel to take a nap in the afternoon before the evening service. And when she woke up from her nap, her body was completely healed. Why? Because she changed. She changed. She made a change. Now that's, that's growing up stuff. That's maturing stuff. Amen. It's a privilege to lay hands on people. It's a privilege to help people at a time when they have an immediate need. But it would be wrong for us to say that's, you're done. You're not done. Now you begin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Pastor Noel, if you would come up here and whatever God puts in your heart, come up here and obey him. We thank you, Father. Come on up so they can see you. Yeah. The great, 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 aha, great increase, great increase, great, great increase. Oh, oh, shots as never seen before. Oh, miracles, signs and wonders. But keep blame the days, the days of miracles, days. Days of miracles, signs and wonders, such as never seen before. Yeah, king, come, they, bako, kadebele kisha. Yeah, yeah, kutish lagreshike. The message, the message, the message, the message you heard. Aku, shi, kante, yoko, yaka, behika, aku, ya, yeah, they, 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 they come, dehika, yo, aha. Yeah, yeah. The nation of Israel, they're known as slaves. They're known as slaves until the day, until the day they plunder Egypt. Ah, uk ish kem bohungyam bahoyaka bakutosh kene bahaya. The whole world know. Aha kutosho. They're no longer slaves. Aha kushoto. They're no longer slaves. Aha ukinga tike shoko kuchukoto to te te because today. Now God wanted them to be possessors more than more than what they have. Okay, toko great increase, great increase, great increase. They're coming into a great increase. Yet mashki makatito akoshokotoya meankotoshlogroshika, but they didn't renew their mind. They didn't renew their mind. Mo ma men da ko ekiyako akadu sho. Lady, that book is like me. I got to slack, rich picket. I have a cototototo, and things got delayed. Things got delayed. Mark, ma, bo, na, ma. The whole generation died without seeing the greatest increase. All possessed, they become. 
possessors of what God has in store for them. Okushi akashika yamdo kushika bakatishika pega mangada bakusha. Mix it with your faith. Mix it with your faith. Makutu shoko. For the same thing happened to them, the same thing will happen to the church. But okushika the message, the message you heard, the message you heard. Maku katishoko miakatislog nishika mambra beredigalabroko dishlagrashata. Oh, ashika ya man de gebasha. You sin, you sin increase, but mom ma. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Ma akuto shika bahaya okadishako akat. Legusoko pakate, akonde yuko shikala gosho, me dada oko dosologe, yagada blago dosodo, you will see the glory like you've never seen before. Akiri, yuko yaka lakesha, aha, but walk in love. Oh, the ingredients, the ingredients. You heard the word, though, you heard the word. Aki, akosha, akosha, follow, follow the word, follow what God said, follow what God said. Aki yaka yaka wakushaka what you heard tonight. Wokinga ne ikados. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Okush lakisha bakusho katisa katusolo kitaso kutusuko because you will enter in to the greatest increase, the greatest increase, the greatest increase. Not only finances, but miracles, signs and wonders. The greatest increase, the greatest change, the greatest change you will ever see in your life is now. It's now coming. Me to pass. Yakia, Tokia, Mba, the Kepikande, Ekolobraka, Ekosoko de Bashat, and the church will be known by their walking in love. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Two out of that generation entered in for one reason they held to what God said. When everyone else let go of what God said, reasoned against what God said they built that word in them built that word in them and they entered in amen that's us amen. we build that word in us we enter in amen, amen. to possess the whole that generation that died out they lived in proximity their whole life and never enjoyed what they were in proximity to it was right there but they never arrived because they didn't change this with all the miracles they saw, miracles won't replace the changing of the thought life. Miracles are not intended to be a substitute for right thinking. Amen. It's your lifelong profession, renew the mind. Your lifelong profession, renew the mind and develop your spirit. Develop your twofold profession. Develop your spirit, renew your mind. Develop your spirit, renew your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then you're not only receiving miracles, you're ministering them to somebody else. You're bringing somebody else into that flow. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We glorify you. Pastor Jay, you have something. I don't know whether it's a prophecy. I don't know whether it's a healing, whatever. 
Come up here so they can see you, if you would. It's been on my, it's been in my spirit this whole service. It started even before you started talking about change. This this whole service, it's been deep in my spirit. And there's somebody here. There's an insurance settlement that's due to you. Um, I'm not talking about insurance fraud. I'm talking about you know, really due to you. But it's been withheld. And tonight. I, I said to the Lord, if you want me to say it, because Pastor Nancy's been saying it all night, but if you want me to say it, and, and he said to me, I spirit, right there, right before you call me, they're not making the connection. So he, I want you to say it. The reason the settlement has not come is because of not walking in love. Make that adjustment. Yeah. And just like that. Because he doesn't want you yeah. robbed from. Yeah. 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 It belongs to you. Yeah. Amen. So that's what I have. That's good. Praise That's a rescue. That's a rescue. Yeah. I, I have this statement. I say, connect the dots. Connect the dots. When something's not working as it ought, there's something else somewhere that needs to be adjusted many times. So much of the time, people, listen, I pastored for 25 years, and it was a joy to be able to help people and feed people the word. But there were times when someone would come in and say, we're having financial problems. And I'd say, or they come to church. They say, God, I've got financial problems. And all of a sudden, you start preaching on marriage. And they go, no, 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 no. You understand? I'm, i got financial problems. I, I'm talking about financial problems. And I say, I am too. Yes. <laughs> the Texas road systems, God bless you. Maybe you understand them. We're learning them every time we get down here. But you, every, every, every freeway system or highway system has this. You want to go south, but you got to get on the road going east to go south, right? And you don't say, no, I'm not going to get on that road to go east because I want to go south. Yeah, but this is an access road. There's access. There's access roads to healing. There's access roads to your answer. And you can't say, I'm not going to get on that access road. There's no other way on except through that access road. So don't dismiss lightly just because I didn't have four points in the sermon. Heart to heart talk tonight. Don't you think it, it's nicer to have it said nicely? Then to come down with a big hammer. God's helping us. God's helping us. Hallelujah. Say this. I choose. Love is my flow. I'll let it dominate me. And govern me. To stay on God's territory. Amen. Hallelujah. There's... there's Two, two kinds of love, natural human love, it's flawed. It's not equipped for the finish. It'll quit along the way. There's divine love. It's already in you. Christians got no business accessing human love again. We got no business turning to our feelings, our emotions, our bodies, and being dominated because that's where human love finds its movement and finds its origin is in the 
natural side of man. But divine love comes from God. Human love will work as long as you treat me right. You treat me right, we good. You treat me wrong, you gonna know it. That's human love. Divine love is independent of that because divine love does not have any origin out here. Its beginnings are not out here. Its beginnings are who's in you. I can walk in love regardless of whether you are or not because I'm not operating in love because you're operating in love. I'm operating in love because of love is in me. He's in me. That's what's dominating us. Amen. And to yield and be dominated by human natural love is to get on the, on the ruined road. Christians got no business accessing human love anymore because the higher law has come. Amen. We thank you, Father. That's us. We're love creatures of a love God. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. Lift up your hands again and let's just make sure there's nothing else that he wants to do in this service tonight. We thank you, Father. You got something, Miss Cindy? Go ahead, love. Oh, there's a healer working in this place. And he's washing away every pain And he's affecting a brand new change Because the healer's working in this place And the love of God is our embrace as the healers working in this place and his love is a fountain that we flow from and the healers working in this place oh the healers working in this place and he's washing away affecting a brand new change cause there's healing working in this place and the love is working in this place come on somebody and it's affecting a brand new change and we receive tonight from his grace Cause the healer's working in this place. Come on, one more time, sing with me. The healer's working in this place. And he's washing away every pain. He's washing away every pain. He's affecting a change. He's affecting a brand new change. Oh, cause the healer's working in this place. Cause he's affecting, affecting 
you wouldn't have done naturally there have been times that God has had me to do things and give things give money that wasn't owed just because it bought peace use your resources to buy not just more stuff nothing wrong with having stuff I like stuff but I'm telling you, he'll direct you to give some things, sow some things, and it'll buy you something that nothing else would have done because it's love directing that. I'm just saying there's some of that going on tonight. God's going to deal with you about that. Hallelujah. I remember when Ed and I first got married, not everyone understood that. And I, I was okay with that. I mean, in the sense of as long as I knew what... God was directing us to, but there were things being said and it started affecting who would invite Ed in and stuff. And God just had me to give that person who was sowing that, that difficulty. I had him to, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but something expensive and important. And it stopped it. And they quit and bought peace. Uh, that's what love does. Amen? And uh, God will direct you. There's some in here God's going to direct you to do something because that's the only way to get it stopped. But um, if you'll do it, my, 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 the blessing that God can trust you and you'll pass the money test and you'll pass those kinds of things. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Jesus, we thank you tonight. You're helping us. You're helping us. What's the word tell us? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. What's that mean? Usually it's not something big that's robbing from us. It's something just small. And because it's small, we think it's not important. But if God puts his finger on it, that gives it importance. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, you don't want to miss tomorrow morning and uh, morning services, evening services. We invite you to come and be here and receive what God has for you. But until, until we see you next time, to turn to your neighbor and say this, I'm always walking in love and you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, 
become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.